Dustin Five Star here, letting you know that Memphis Wrestling is back in its old time slot every Saturday at 11 a.m. Instead of turning on your TV, tune in your radio to Cerrito Live on Sports 56 and 87.7 FM. It's the only radio show in Memphis that brings you wrestling talk every single week. Listen to me and my tag team partner, Kay Cerrito, talk pro wrestling on the radio with some of the biggest names in the industry during the Cerrito Live Wrestling Hour. Guarantee you never miss a show by listening on demand at CerritoLive.com or find us wherever you get your podcasts and take that subscribe button to Slap City. Attention all grandmas, grandpas, nanas, and pop-pops. Bingo is not just for you anymore. Introducing Cerrito Bingo. It's a modern twist on a classic game for everyone to enjoy. Play 10 exciting rounds of free bingo every week at locations all over the Memphis area. For more info, visit CerritoBingo.com. Cerrito Bingo is the game-o. Now play Cerrito Bingo every Friday night at the Memphis Made Tap Room and every Sunday fun day at Laughlin Yard. Live from Flynn Broadcasting in Memphis, Tennessee, it's time for Cerrito Live. Here's your host, Kevin Cerrito. This NC2A tournament weekend here. This is the uh, week before Easter, CJ. Easter is next Sunday. Next Sunday is April Fool's Day and Easter Sunday next week. But we got basketball going on. And, oh, man, it's great to be back here in studio. Thank you, CJ, for holding down the fort last week for a very uh, short, the fun size edition of Cerrito Live last week. Uh, most of the show preempted. Because of tournament action, but we're here today, and man, oh man. So hour one will mostly be about Penny Hardaway today, and hour two will mostly be about Daniel Bryan today. So two big returns happening um, this week in the world of sports. Of course, Penny Hardaway going to be the, uh, or he now is officially the new head coach of the Memphis Tigers, introduced this week. And Daniel Bryan, an icon, former Memphis wrestler, guy who had one of his biggest uh, moments of his career right here at FedEx Forum when he occupied Raw. It was announced as cleared for in-ring action and will more than likely compete at WrestleMania. So come up in the wrestling hour. We will talk about the return of Daniel Bryan at 11, uh, right at 11 o'clock. And we will also be joined by Double J Jeff Jarrett, who, if you have not heard, is going into the WWE Hall of Fame WrestleMania weekend just a couple weeks away from Jeff Jarrett going into the WWE Hall of Fame as part of the 2018 class. So Double J will join us in hour number two. We'll also talk about the return of Daniel Bryan. And uh, Dustin's got some information, some interesting stuff uh, locally breaking this week with uh, Too Sexy Brian Christopher, or Graymaster Sexy. I'm not sure what name um, he is referred to as but uh, these days. But Brian Christopher got in a, a brawl. And he got, uh, I, from what it looks like, he really, really got... Uh, I don't know. I don't want to say he got beat up, but he didn't come out looking good from that brawl. So we'll talk about what happened with Brian Christopher and his um, just a terrible situation there coming up in hour number two. This hour, Jessica Benson's going to join us, a friend of the show. 
celebrity dancer, and she will. Uh, she's also, of course, on local twenty four as uh, on the local twenty four news, uh, giving you sports every single day. She will join us a little bit later on as we talk more, of course, about the big Penny Hardaway uh, signing. Uh, he is the coach. He's got an assistant coach. He is going to have to continue to build his staff. He had a great press conference. It's a great week to be a Tiger. It's a great week to be a Memphian. It's going to be a fun show today. But we, uh, like every week, we start the show. We tip it off with some Kevin Sanity as we talk about the Memphis Grizzlies with the Grizzlies writer for the Flyer. His name is Kevin Light, and he joins us now. <laughs> Come on! Sanity. Good morning, Lyap. How are you? I am good. How are you? You just uh, you finished unloading your groceries? I did. Uh, yeah, I was a couple minutes late because I got uh, got caught by the Jehovah's Witnesses <laughs> outside. So it's uh, uh and it's probably, like it's like sometimes you know it's it's a Saturday. You're going to the grocery store. That's what people got to do. Um, glad you're able to fit that in and fit in fit in us um, as well because oh my goodness. Like, just when you thought, there, what are we going to talk about for the Grizzlies? What are we going to talk about for the Grizzlies this week? What is possibly going on? And boom, they made national headlines uh, because the Grizzlies lost by 61 points. Final score, 140-79 to 79 against the Charlotte Hornets. What are your first thoughts when you saw that score? Uh, honestly, my first thought, um, I didn't watch the game. I was, I've been uh, trying to finish up some house projects before the second kid gets here. I was painting some trim in the kitchen, and a buddy of mine texted me and was like, you know, had some uh, some commentary on the game that I can't repeat on radio. And I was like, well, something crazy must have happened. And I looked, and it took me it took me a while to comprehend. Like sixty one points is that's the worst loss in twenty years in the NBA. Um, worst, I just I'm worst still, in twenty still, years. Yeah, okay. Yeah, the, uh, it's the fourth worst loss in history, I think. Um, there's a 68-point loss in 91, and then in 98, I think, was the last 60-point loss. Um, it, it's bad. I mean, I, I, there's nothing you could say about it other than it, it's bad. I mean, to give you an exa- uh, uh, kind of a flavor of how bad this loss was, so Charlotte is a losing team, right? They're like 32 and 41, I think, something like that. Right. And their point differential for the year was minus 60 coming into the game against the Grizzlies. And they beat the Grizzlies so badly that they have a losing record and have had a positive point differential. Oh, jeez. <laughs> uh, so this is, of course, so it's, it's one of the, the, the worst in NBA history. It is the worst in Grizzlies history, right? Which is... Just yeah, I mean, but look, they they lost the game by fifty points the year that they made the playoffs, right? Um, <clears throat> okay, this is a team for all the talk about grit and grind and all the talk about how tough this team is. Uh, those things are true, but this is also a team that, at least for the last five or six years, they're nice where they just let go of the rope, right? They they get blown out. Uh, they're nice when they just quit, and they've they've been that way for a while. I mean, they lost to the Warriors by fifty, right? They lost. Um, uh, you know, but there's always there have always been games every season, even when they were very good, where they just got beaten up on. Right? They they quit. Okay, but it's one, it's one thing you to lose the Golden State Warriors, one of the greatest basketball teams ever assembled in the history of the planet. But this was the Charlotte Hornets, which 
to me, my, my when I saw the score, 61 points, lost to the Charlotte Hornets, I'm, I, my first thing was like, well, thank goodness they're not the Bobcats anymore because that would make it sound even worse, right, if you're losing to the Charlotte Bobcats yeah. by 61 points. But uh, your reaction— Dwight Howard didn't even play. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, all right. So neither one of us watched the game, thank goodness. But um, I don't think Stephen A. Smith watched the game either. But did you hear what he had to say about this? He's a little bit more fired up about the Grizzlies' loss by 61 points. Let's Let's take a listen— to what, of course, uh, a national, one national media person is saying about the Grizzlies' loss, Stephen A. Smith, yesterday on First Take. The story is how god-awful and embarrassing the Memphis Grizzlies are. I, they, we knew about Kimball Walker's skills long before last night. 61 points, Max. 61-point loss. 140 to 79. That is beyond embarrassing. That's the kind of performance where we should actually think about taking this team away from these people. We should actually think, this is the same organization that got rid of Fisdale. Well, we got a market in Seattle that deserves a basketball team. They don't deserve this team, but they deserve a basketball team. You can sit up there and you can see why Memphis fans ain't necessarily supporting this team. This is a disgraceful performance. No take it away from Kemba Walker, but a 61-point loss in an NBA game? That is disgraceful. Your problem with tanking was as a five-year strategy. The Memphis Grizzlies have played hard year in and year out and like tried to win championships all the time and one year they realize okay our best strategy is to tank uh, and you're going to kill them over that I'm Listen, not talking about, I'm not talking about tanking for a season I'm talking about last night's performance a 61 point loss that is disgraceful Seriously, they should give the they fans better, no their doubt. money back that's just horrible alright so if Stephen A. Smith was the commissioner if you lost by more than 60 points he would move your team to Seattle <laughs> what? yeah apparently you're or do a Donald Sterling on the ownership. I, I, you know, I try not to listen to Steve May Smith, so it is what it is. Um, but he's not wrong. I mean, a professional basketball team should not lose a game by 61 points. I mean, that's just, that's the fact of the matter. And, uh, you know, I, there was a lot of uproar on Twitter about, um, you know, I thought this was, I thought this was a fair game. You know, Tillery talking about their guys laughing in the locker room, smiling, going back, like, I don't think it's any. It shouldn't be news to anybody that there are like mentally weak dudes on this team. That's why they've won nineteen games, right? Um, some of these young guys have not. You know, they're not as engaged as, as the others, and, and you know, I don't know who that was. I don't. I don't know who. I, I, you know, I don't know who to point the finger at for that. But it, it's clear if you allow yourself to be beaten by that many points. Um, you know, not only is it just not your night, but there's something at some point that you're you, you you quit, right? You're not you're not playing hard. You're not defending well. You're not uh, engaged with what's going on, and and that's kind of the problem with tanking, right? Um, that in a season where the whole point becomes, well, we're not going to worry about winning. We're going to worry about developing our young guys. Well, if they know going into the game <laughs> that the whole point is to lose the game. Uh, that that kind of tilts the incentives, and it, you know you build you end up with with a situation where guys are not engaged because they know they're not going to win the game anyway. But or, um, but some of the guys have got to be wanting to prove themselves, right? That are getting this opportunity, sure. and none of them are proving themselves at all. No, but, unless they're proving I mean, Dylan that, Brooks is. That's kind of it. Well, yeah, and he's since the start of the season. I mean, shout out to to Dylan Brooks. He is he is a positive part for this team, but. Um, 
I mean, <laughs> you're you're kind of you've got guys who are who are playing out of position, and like Jarrell Martin, you've got guys who are playing way more minutes than they should, like like Brooks, like um, you know, I, I think Andrew Harrison. Um, you know, I, I just don't. Some of these guys, they shouldn't be this. They shouldn't be this bad theoretically, right? It's all a bunch of undrafted and second round picks, so they're not going to be. Uh, it's not a situation like the Sixers with all their kind of young talent. But some of these guys have been in the league more than a year, right? They shouldn't be this bad. Deontay Davis should not be this bad. Um, period. He has not shown the growth that he needs to show over this year. And yeah, sure, the incentive is not to win games, but like uh, at some point, it's like you, you got to think about whether you're going to be in the NBA or not after this year, right? Uh, and if and if that's not a motivator for you, then like you know, what do you do? And and Stephen A. Smith, he would. I played that. Stephen A. Smith is the extreme example, right, of what a reaction could be. But I mean, people were talking about the Grizzlies on national television uh, again this week. Because of this loss, and it does put a, some attention sure. on on what is going on with the Grizzlies, uh, that they are serious about this um, getting the worst pick. And we're just a few, we're less than a couple weeks away here from from the end of the season uh, for for the Memphis Grizzlies. And um, and you, I mean, this is Stephen A. Smith. I don't even think he knew about the laughing story at the time. He was so fired up, but of course, that kind of got some play uh, later on yesterday. That, as you mentioned, uh, some Grizzlies players laughing. Uh, then gets in the headline, and I mean, sometimes you get, uh, you know, so, sometimes you 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 laugh to stop from crying. You know, I don't know what they were laughing about, but yeah. um, and I mean, at a certain point in a game like that, there's just nothing else you can do, right? Like you're you're just you're just there for the ride, um, and that's true if you're losing by sixty or if you're losing by twenty. You know, in the NBA, some nights you don't have it, and and it um it can't be any fun to be on a nineteen win basketball team. So I, I don't um. I don't know. I don't want to go too deep into the laughing thing because I just don't. That's the kind of thing I usually don't like trying to prognosticate about. But if it if you're not embarrassed by losing a basketball game by 61 points, you probably shouldn't be an NBA player. Right. Uh, but one thing did happen since the last time we spoke on the rating. The Grizzlies didn't win a game. They beat uh, the Denver <laughs> Nuggets. That was the yeah. That uh, that was the first game I've been to in a, in a minute because of kind of some some family stuff and I was they won I'm kind of debating whether I should go tonight because I don't want them I don't want them to win so I you know if they if I go and they win that's on me and Los Angeles Lakers uh tonight and I hear rumor on the street life is do not get up at halftime the halftime show tonight is going to be good just hear that it's word on the street don't get up don't get up at halftime if you're going to go to the game, they play the Lakers, of course, tonight. Not many home games remaining on the schedule. Not many games remaining on the schedule. Of course, the last game of the year will be April the 11th on the road. Last home game is April the 8th, which, um, of course, is a WrestleMania weekend. Um, the Varball is going to be there tonight. Uh, is he? Is that the halftime show? I'm, I'm kind of excited right now. Oh, who knows? I can't tell you. I don't know. I've just been told just don't that I would enjoy it if I'm going to the game. The question is whether or not I will be at the game or not. I don't know. Uh, okay, so like one, a uh, couple other basketball notes because you, you, I saw you tweet this. Um, <laughs> the Memphis Flyer cover from November third, twenty sixteen. November third, twenty sixteen. The cover of the Memphis Flyer was Hoop City and had a picture of 
Dave Fisdell with his glasses, Tubby Smith with his glasses, and had the two coaches there. 2016, November 2016, here we are. Less than 18 months later, neither one of them the head coach of either one of those teams. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, <laughs> not everything you do at a newspaper age as well. That's a great cover. That's a good keepsake if somebody still has that. Of course, the Penny Hardaway news this week got me thinking. Of course, it's been a week of, of celebration. What do you think uh, after Penny's introduction here? I know um, he is an NBA star, so I guess we can, you know, he's not a, not a former Grizzly. He's a Grizzly owner, right? And Grizzly owner yep. now will be coaching in the, uh, the uh, in college basketball. Yeah, so from where I am sitting right now, I can see uh, I have a basketball that is autographed to me by Penny Hardaway and Todd Day. <laughs> uh, from a very long time ago, um, yeah, you know, as a as a disgruntled Memphis alum, I am I, I love to hire. I mean, who cares if if he can coach right now? It's all about the excitement. It's about the recruiting. It's about um, you know uh, a hometown hero. And I, I think I think there is a contingent of of Memphis fans that that thinks that hiring Penny Hardaway is going to immediately put Memphis you know, on the level of a Kentucky or something like that. Right. And, and I, I think that's probably a little unreasonable, but, you know, I, I think, I think it, it matters whether he can coach or not in, in an X's and O's sense, but I don't think it matters as much as whether he can bring talent into the program. I mean, you saw what happens when you have the opposite. You have a good, Tubby Smith is a good basketball coach, right? Oh, he's, he coached he's, that team yeah. up and they got better. But at the same time, when you're starting with a bunch of, you know, one and two star guys and JUCO transfer guys and that kind of thing. You're, there's only so there's only there's only so far you can go with that. So, I mean, just the the infusion of talent that he is looking to to bring to the program, it's hard not to be excited about, right? Um, and, and I think if he puts the right staff together, the X's and those thing will take care of itself over time. Um, but you know, there's going to be some growing pains there. He's a, he's he's never been a college head head coach before, and there's going to be a tournament game. Because you know they might actually make the tournament again someday. Now um, <laughs> there's going to be a ter- tournament game where somebody out coaches him, and that's just going to be part of it. Um, True, and that's but... fine. That's that's so fine. It's like we know he's Penny Hardaway, right? He knows how to play basketball, right? Uh, we know that he knows the game of basketball. So, I mean, he's, he was a, he was a point guard in the NBA. I mean, he has got great court vision, and you and not just that, but he did. I mean, he's a he's. State champs, man. He he did coach that team to state championship. He got the talent and was able to overwhelm with the talent. So I think when you when you think about Penny Hardaway as the coach, if he can't like no, it's not gonna all of a sudden put Memphis on the same level as a Kentucky or a Kansas or a North Carolina, like completely, but well, we don't have to be, right? We've but, never been at that level. Right. We just want to be good. <laughs> but on the recruiting side, it might put it you know, if if we're yeah. we could instantly jump up. Memphis could instantly jump up on the level of recruiting as those schools. Now as far as quality on the core and dominance, that's probably gonna take a little bit longer. But can Penny all of a sudden start recruiting on close to that level and still a recruit who may be considering going to Kentucky come to Memphis? I believe that could yeah. happen pretty instantaneously. And I uh, think so too. I mean he you know, he's the nice he's sells the only person who sells more signature shoes than him is Michael Jordan. Which and is bonkers. It is crazy, but the shoes are awesome. His shoes do look <laughs> cool, but he's Penny um, Hardaway. But, like he, he got hurt. Yeah. He really played like three years. I could really? see him I could see I could see that it's sell well selling well in Memphis, but it's gonna sell even better in Memphis, right? It's gonna you can be stock up wherever the 
You, you can buy the pin. Do you have pennies? You don't have pennies. I don't. I need them. You know, I wonder if they're going to bring back out the uh, the King Cotton um, yeah. poster with Penny on it that shows you like how tall he is. You know what I'm talking about? I, th- uh, I I might still. I was going through some stuff in my parents' house. I I had like a damaged version of that. I can't remember if I kept it and said I might need a hold on it. I it might, or it might have been a be smart, stay clean, and keep the dream. Yeah, there are those two. You know what That's I true. what I am curious about. What I think would be really cool. And this has nothing to do with basketball. But, you know, uh, North Carolina and the Charlotte Hornets, instead of having the Nike logo on their stuff, they have the Jumpman logo on their stuff. Oh. What I'm wondering is if Memphis will get the One Cent logo instead of the Nike swoosh. They're like the coach's logo? <laughs> that is so yeah. <laughs> it would be cool. It's going to be fun, but it also got me thinking about this, life. And you tell me if I should be concerned. I don't know if I'm concerned, but this guy, I had to think, like I'm thinking this week, and we're celebrating Penny, and it's so exciting. His press conference, he was great, right? So many of the concerns that people have had about Penny initially out of the gate, he's just like completely proved people wrong that you, there's no reason to be concerned about that stuff. My concern is just the bigger picture in Memphis because there was at one point when John Calipari was here, Tiger basketball was number one. The Grizzlies were number two, but then all of a sudden, Cal's gone, Passner's in, and the grit and grind era is born. And that all kind of happens around the same time. And then momentum shifts and the, the Grizzlies become the number one guys in town. This week, the Grizzlies lose by 61 points. It's the same week that Penny Hardaway is introduced as the, the head coach of the Memphis Tigers. Is this a possible momentum shifting week that we are just now in the middle of? We're in the eye of the hurricane here. In terms of momentum, I think, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it depends on what the Grizzlies do in the draft. If they get some superstar in the draft, which is now possible, um, you know, uh, it'll be just as exciting there, but there, it, it'll be a different set of expectations. I mean, I, I, I think I'm interested to see what it's like, but I think the can they coexist stuff is a little overblown. I mean, I think I don't, maybe it was Roser who was tweeting about this, but, you know, uh, 2012, 2013, the Grizzlies were in the playoffs. The Tigers were, were still good. They were still in the tournament, and – the average attendance of both teams was like, I think they were only like 10 apart, like 16,000 something for both teams. Like people showed up to both sets of games. So I just don't, I will have to, it will have to be proven to me that they can't coexist instead of proving to me that they can. Yeah. It's a basketball city, right? If, if the, can you imagine if the Tigers are like in the elite eight or something and the Grizzlies are in the playoffs in the same year? That just rolls from like March and April all the way into June, right? And I think we can. I think we can handle it. I do think they can coexist. I, uh, but there is, you know, there's only so much money to go around uh, that you're spending your money on. And then when one team is so much better and more interesting than the other, we see what happened, right? Like the Grizzlies, yeah. the grit and grind when they were that much. The Grizzlies over the past few years, this playoff streak, so much better than and more interesting than the Tigers, and it really hurt. Uh, the t- attendance for the Memphis Tigers. No, so if the Tigers become that much more interesting than the Grizzlies, if the Grizzlies are struggling and they're in rebuild mode, mode right, and they quote-unquote blow it up or something, then um, it's going to really, really impact that attendance, and you don't want to do that when you have folks like Stephen A. Smith on ESPN saying, move this team to Seattle. Yeah, I mean, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. I, I don't think, um, especially if they get somebody exciting in the draft, and they still have Marcus Hall, they still have Mike Conley, and they're sort oh, yeah. of healthy. Like, uh, there's no, they're not going to bottom out the way the Tigers are bottom out. The Tigers lost to, who did they lose to? 
South Florida, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, is that that's a question? I'll, I, that is a very good question. Like, is the was the Tigers like twenty point loss to them uh, the, to South Florida worse than the Grizzlies Bobcat loss? Like, really, when you put it yes. in perspective, which one? Yeah, which one because is the worst? The worst NBA team can only be the thirtieth worst NBA team. South Florida is like the three hundred something worst college team. That's a very good question, CJ. What do you think? Which loss was worse there? The Grizzlies, because they're professionals, right? They they're playing other professionals. They so should playing lose other, by six. They're playing other quality talent. They should be talented enough to not lose by sixty. All right, CJ's got to vote for for the Grizzlies. I think I'm still thinking the Tigers, but no, I mean you're you're right, you're right, life. But it, it does it doesn't it put this penny news? It puts extra pressure on the the Grizzlies. It's not good timing for the Grizzlies to be in this season. Uh, for their ticket renewals, unless unless they can pull off and you get that, if the ping pong balls bounce right, you get that number one pick. This isn't a conversation for a while because that number one pick will carry you a whole nother year, right? Yeah, I think so. But I think they're going to end up with a two or three pick at this rate. I mean, they're going to get a they're going to get a good draft pick. Yeah, for sure, they're going to get a good player. But it's interesting. It just felt like it's polar opposites, and it's been a while since we've really been in this position where, like, it's. The attention is all on the Tiger basketball, and the Grizzlies are just doing so awful, and people are just interested. This has been so long that this has been yeah. where we are, but that's yeah. I mean, this, you know? yeah. I mean, you're talking that's ten years. Um, yeah, I guess 2009. I mean, you would think there was one more year of Calipari, and then yeah, well, that the, the, the Tyreeks, Tyreeks, right? <laughs> um, first year here in Memphis. Uh, but well, anyway. yeah, the last time Cal, I guess that Kentucky lost the other day, and they, that was the first time Cal Perry had lost in the Sweet Sixteen in Kentucky, and that was just giving me Tyreek versus Missouri flashbacks. <laughs> All right, uh, before we get out of here, Light not only writes about the Grizzlies for the Memphis Flyer, you should go read his stuff at memphisflyer.com, dot com. Find the Beyond the Arc blog. Also, subscribe to his podcast, the Beyond the Arc podcast. If you want some more uh, Grizzlies content from Light, but he we, uh, he is also the digital manager for the Flyers, so we always like to talk about what's trending on their social media pages and on their website. So let's do that now. Trending, 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 trending with Light. All right, what's trending this week, Light? Far and away, the biggest story on our site is uh, some reporting done by Chris Davis on um, kind of the, uh, I guess it's a scandal uh, at Playhouse on the Square. Uh, some allegations were made and people retired. Um, there was a, an, an uh, quote-unquote retired. Um, there was a, an investigation conducted, which will not be made public, and, and, and Davis actually got um, some of the allegations on the record from people willing to be named. Uh, you know, I, I don't really want to go too far into that, but I do think people should go check that out and, and see kind of the whole story there. Um, but what I, the other story that's doing well is, uh, is actually our cover story. So if you go check this out, it's still on stands all over town. Uh, it's a great piece by Toby Sells that kind of kicks off an initiative we're doing this year called the Justice Project. Um, and it is about city council. And I don't know. I don't know. It's hard to keep up with what the city council is up to. Local politics at that level can get pretty boring. But, um, you know, the Memphis City Council does a lot of stuff behind closed doors, maybe shouldn't be behind closed doors. And Toby, uh, Toby Sells did a really deep dive into some, some maneuvering that they've done that, that kind of keeps some things out of the public eye that probably should be in the public eye and some procedures that they have um, put in place that allow them to 
basically not tell the public what they're voting on and what they're doing until they vote on it or until they do it. So what? Uh, I think, yeah, I think everybody that lives in Memphis should read this article. I mean, part of it is is about the removal of Confederate monuments. You know, I don't think anybody would argue that that is a great uh, accomplishment in our city for those things to be down. Um, the problem is the way they did it. Um, they basically sold public property to a nonprofit entity that nobody had ever heard of without telling the public that's what they were going to do and without actually even uh, reading the ordinance that they were voting on out loud. Uh, they just kind of voted on something and nobody knew what they were voting on and then cop cars showed up at all the parks. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, maybe maybe the ends justify the means there. It did avoid a lot of protests and, and maybe some violence, but at the same time, uh, now that precedent is set, right? Like what, what else? What else are they going to vote on without reading um, that no one knows they're going to do? So uh, it, it it gets into that a little bit, and I think uh, the city council attorney um, uh, pointed out that uh, Toby Sells is a white supremacist or something along those lines. There's something in the article uh, he struck a nerve, <laughs> basically. <Wow. laughs> uh, so it's it's worth reading. But is so uh, is. Is the investigation saying there's something besides the parks that has, this has happened to, or is just the concern of let's make sure there's not something else that this should have just been? Well, the parks is one exception example. To another, yeah, yeah. Another example is the um, when the Greens Ward stuff was still kind of hot and heavy. I guess last year, maybe a couple of years ago, or a year and a half ago. I don't remember when this vote took place. There was an uh, basically an, an ordinance introduced immediately before the meeting. Um, that would have turned over the entire Greens Ward to the Memphis Zoo to just do whatever they wanted with. They could use it for parking. They could build buildings on it. Um, you may remember this because it was uh, <laughs> eventually it didn't happen. But the but the the ordinance was introduced. There's a deadline for when they're supposed to file things that they're going to vote on, so the public can see what they're doing and see what they're voting on and read this stuff. Uh, and basically, that was just thrown out the window. And this was like a substitute thing that was thrown on the agenda. They're adding stuff to the agenda, like right before the meeting starts so that no one in the public can read this stuff and show up to talk to them about it, basically. Um, so that Greens Ward thing was thrown in at the last minute, and it would have um, just turned over that entire section of Overton Park to the zoo to do whatever they wanted with, which was obviously not the outcome that had popular support of people uh, in the Midtown area um, who live around and use the park. Um and that was just going to be that was just going to happen without anybody knowing that it was going to happen. So uh, that's another example. There are a few others in there. It's a really it's a really well reported, really detailed piece. I, I really think uh, people should read it and, and kind of, you know, I think I think this is an important thing to to call attention to, right? Like city city government is supposed to be transparent. Uh, they they work for us. We don't we don't work for them. So we're we're supposed to be able to know what they're doing. Right. Uh, so, yeah, that's that sounds that's the cover story of this week's flyer. So we can go grab that one. And also, I did read that story on Playoffs on the Square. I, I do recommend uh, people checking that out. The, the, the Me Too movement having um, an impact here locally and very uh, good reporting uh, by the Memphis Flyer in that in that story. So, um, very yeah, we're kind of firing off on all cylinders right now. We're, we've, we've got this justice project thing, which is this is just the first part of it. Government transparency. Um, there's some other stories planned about kind of just uh, we, we've decided this year to kind of um, string all these things together. It's a, it's a long series of stories about kind of justice and, and fairness and equality in Memphis. 
that we've all kind of had brewing for a long time. We're just kind of going to string them all out in, over the next few months. Um, there's a lot of really good stuff to come in, in that series. I don't want to say too much because I don't know uh, what's coming out next or, or, or when, but there's a lot of really good stuff in the pipeline under that under that banner. The uh, And, of course, uh, right now the March for Our Lives is going on uh, throughout the nation and happening here in Memphis as well. So there's lots of uh, people out there trying to make some change out here in the world. So anybody out there listening – uh, that's out there marching. I'm not sure where the Memphis March is actually going from, but I'm 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 looking now on social media, and uh, yeah, it's, it's supposed to end at the Civil Rights Museum, is it not? That's a good destination so. to either start or end it. Perfect there, and of course, did you see CJ the the uh, the I'm the man? Um, the new stuff going up over there is there, it's under construction for Mill K50. Um, that because the the church. Um, What's that church? Why can't I think of the name? Why can't I think of the name? Like, what's the name of the, the Claiborne Temple? Yeah, Claiborne Temple, the one that you Instagram all the time. Uh, <laughs> um, is also a it's good a cool start. building, and I walk past it a lot. Is <laughs> also a good starting and end point for any type of these uh, any type of these uh, rallies here here in Memphis. So, all right, uh, Light, thanks for joining us. We will talk to you next week, sir. All right, y'all take it easy. All right, that is Kevin Light from the Memphis Flyer. You can follow him at Flyer Grizz Blog. That is Grizz. With only one Z. We're going to talk more about Penny Hardaway. I'm interested in this. CJ says the worst loss this year was the Grizzlies 61-point loss. I'm thinking I'm thinking 24 points to South Florida is worse than 61 points to that the Sharks. That was Shark. at home also, right? Yeah. It was a home loss to South Florida who... The work, the worst team in college basketball, and there's hundreds of teams, right? So I'm interested in what you what you think too. So if you want to uh, let us know which loss you think is worse, feel free to text the show at six seven one two nine. It's the text line six seven one two nine. You can text the program if you've never texted before. You can text five six join first. That's five six join two six seven one two nine. You can give us a call three six zero eight two five five three six zero eight two five five. We'll take your phone calls on this if you want. And uh, also you can tweet me at Cerrito or tweet CJ at ConRadicalness. But we're interested. Which loss do you think is worse? We'll take your calls, your tweets, your texts, and more on that if you send them to us. But we're going to talk to Jessica Benson for sure on the other side of the break. So stay tuned. You are listening to Cerrito Live here on Sports 56 and 87.7 FM. Are you one of the many necessary residents who suffer from everyday boredom? Do you sit around at night looking at your phone while trying to find something to do? If so, ask your doctor about Cerrito Trivia. Well, actually, that'd be a little weird instead. Just stop playing on your phone and start inviting your friends to play Cerrito Trivia. It's more than just your average mind-numbing club quiz. It's a trivia night with questions about stuff you and your friends know and like. Featuring unique weekly themes, including TV shows, movies, music, current events, and more. All shows are free to play. For more information on locations, times, weekly themes, and treat specials, visit CerritoTrivia.com. Or like Cerrito Trivia on Facebook and browse the best team name Hall of Fame. And by the way, did you know Cerrito Trivia isn't just for bars and restaurants? Contact Cerrito Trivia at gmail.com to bring Memphis's most unique trivia experience to your next party, work function, or special event. Cerrito Trivia is a perfect prescription for everyday boredom. Warning side effects may include wing prices, laughing out loud, high five, eating mass quantities of delicious food, consumption of adult beverage, right kids, and spending quality time with friends. CerritoTrivia.com.